A full 90 minutes of Christmas Eve fun at Paul Whiteman's ABC Christmas Party. Company's giant yuletide tree for a Paul Whiteman ABC Christmas party. A full hour and a half of fun. So hang your stockings by your loudspeaker and get ready to receive such presents from your favorite ABC stars, such as from Hollywood, Bing Crosby, Don Wilson, Kenny Baker, Don McNeil, Tom Brenneman, and Lumen Abner. From Miami, Walter Winchell. From New York, Henry Morgan, Basil Rathbone, Geraldine Fitzgerald, Patrice Munsell, the Fat Man, Eugenie Baird, the Whiteman Orchestra, and Chorus. And here's our host, music director of the American Broadcasting Company and dean of modern American music, Santa Claus in person, Paul Whiteman. Thank you, thank you. And as the poet once said... Tis the night before Christmas, so greetings to all. You sit back and listen, we'll have a big ball. Your stockings all hung by the speaker with care, we'll fill to the top with top stars of the air. So mother and daughter and father and son, the party's all ready now. Let's have some fun. gentlemen, that's only the beginning. As we go along, we mean to fill your stockings with stars. For instance, I look into my pack here, and what do I find? The ambassador from Broadway to the world. And we know you'll want to hear the special Christmas editorial that could be delivered only by the editor of the Jurgens Journal, Walter Winchell. So come in, Miami, and show. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. Everybody. This is your New York Correspondent's report on Christmas 1946. The holiday glow warms our land. 
Our cities, towns, villages, and whistle stops are alive with good cheer. The night sings with the sound of yuletide bells, and the fingertips of trees are bejeweled with gleaming and dancing lights. Families are feasting on love and friendship. Laughter ripples in the throats of little children, Jack and Jill, and Jane and Jimmy. And a home becomes a cathedral tonight. Composers have put the magic of Christmas to music. Poets have sung its dreams and words. But the meaning of Christmas can be defined in one word. Brotherhood. A really beautiful word. And a wonderful ideal. In fact, it is the password to peace and goodwill. If all of us define that word, brotherhood, with our lives, the politicians and the warriors who crawl this earth would go out of business overnight because you could then tear up all their so-called charters and pacts and treaties and make confetti of them all to celebrate the approach of paradise. You see, it is as simple as love thy neighbor. The strongest man was the gentlest. His truths will always comfort and inspire those who have faith in him. His faith has never been more urgent. The star of Christmas remains the beacon for men of goodwill who seek peace. And the way to peace is as close as the nearest Bible. We will have peace when people remember that there are many different nations, but one universe. We will have peace when people know that there are many different religions, but one God. And when people remember that all of us came from the same dust. There is not one single social problem that cannot be solved by the Ten Commandments. There is not one single economic or political problem that cannot be solved by the Sermon on the Mount. And the best plan for universal amity is the golden rule. This weary world must rededicate itself to the greatest power of all, devotion to God. We can find our way through the uncertain future by following the road that began at Bethlehem. The place to start that journey is in your own heart. Good night and a very Merry Christmas. Paul Whiteman has more ABC stars to put in your Christmas stocking, so we return you to New York. Thank you, Walter Winchell. Is this the way to Paul Whiteman's ABC Christmas party? No, oh, young lady, this... Ain't the way to it. This is it. <laughs> well, then I have a Christmas card for you. Here it is. Well, uh, let me see. This card says, uh, as a gift to be placed in the stocking of every ABC listener, the Metropolitan Opera Association presents its youngest prima donna, Patrice Munsell. <laughs> to have you, Patrice, and all I can say is this. When lovely girls like you become opera singers, 
Why did I have to take up jazz? <laughs> well, you might be surprised, Pops, at the number of opera stars who are personal pals of Minnie the Moocher. But the Texas Company's Saturday afternoon Metropolitan Opera broadcasts are very popular with ABC listeners. So tonight, I'd like to place an operatic gift in their stocking. Well, good. And in my opinion, no young lady in or out of the opera can fill a stocking better than lovely Patrice Mansell. <laughs> but you tell us about your gift, Patrice. Well, I think one of the most popular of all coloratura arias is the Polonaise from the Opera Mignon. It's lilting, light-hearted, and gay, and it's called Je suis Titania. I am fair Titania. With Paul Whiteman's help, here it is.
Thank you, Patrice Munsell, and may all your Christmases be bright. Ah, but our Santa Claus pack is still bulging with gifts, so... Hey, just uh, a minute, you. Just a minute. Yeah, what can I do for you, tall, dark, and uh, fatter than I am? I'm looking for a cad, a cur, a swine. And when I find this arch-criminal, I'll break every bone in his body. But who are you, fatso? What's your name? The name, sir, is J. Scott Smart. Oh, of course, you're ABC's famous Monday Night Detective, the Fat Man. Yes, Paul, that's right. But when uh, Porchy Pop Whiteman calls the fat man fat, that's a case of the pop calling the kettle black. Hey, Fatso? <laughs> Just so, Fatso, but uh, about this criminal you're trailing, are you serious about that? Deadly serious, Paul. And this is the way it all came about. around eight, Christmas Eve. I was finishing up some odds and ends so I'd have time the next day for a Yuletide dinner and a couple of hours of relaxation. Suddenly, the door opened and a man walked in. Maybe walked is the wrong word to use. Crawled or slithered would be better. Because he looked like a guy with one foot in the grave and the other on a blob of motor oil. With his eyes pinned on mine, he came up to my desk, clutching a small scrap of paper in his trembling hand. You? You're the fat man? Yes, that's right. My name's Alex. Alex, yes, who? Alex is... What's on your mind, Alex? I've got a job for you. On Christmas Eve? This job can't wait. It's got to be cracked by midnight. It pays off, too, in spades. What's it all about? You better prepare for a jolt, fat man. Well, I'm used to jolts. I don't care what you're used to. This is like getting a slug in a solar plexus. Stop pinning that crepe on my ears and come out with it. All right, fat man. I only hope you can take it. Here. Here, just read. What's on this paper? I unfolded the piece of paper he handed me and read five words. He said I'd get a slug in the solar plexus when I read it. But, brother, how he underestimated. Those five simple words squeezed the breath out of my lungs like a punctured inner tube. And I felt my spine get icy cold. Who wrote this? I don't know. That's why I'm here. You're the guy who's got to find out. Does anyone else know? I don't think so, not yet. The papers would be full of it by now. But you've got to get the guy who wrote that fat man. You've got to nab him fast. Don't you see what this means? Don't you understand? Do you think I'm an idiot? Of course I understand. I've got an idea who's behind it, too. Yeah? There's only one man I know of who'd be tough enough and mean enough for a job like this. Bug-Eye Louie. <laughs> Bug-Eye? You've heard of him? I guess everybody's heard of Bug-Eye. Sure. His reputation's lower than a sewer. He'd stick his, a knife in his grandmother for a plug nickel. He'd set fire to a hospital for a ten-cent cigar. You got nerve enough to see him run you? He doesn't scare me. But first, I'm doing a little checking up. 
the Missing Persons Bureau, the morgue, and every flop house in the city. Then I'm having myself a talk with Bug Eye. For the next three hours, I went through the city like a vacuum cleaner, looking for information. As far as I could make out, Alex and I were the only ones who had the dope. But if it ever leaked out... A little before midnight, I dropped into the fallen angel. I stepped up to the bar and then had a casual look around. The joint was mobbed with the usual crowd, half of them packing guns. The place was tough, and the clientele was even tougher. It seemed like a likely place to get buried from. Then I noticed something else. A few feet away from me at the bar, she was tall, slim, and beautiful in a strapless evening gown. But her eyes were two pieces of dry ice. She looked at me, and I looked at her, and she slid over. Hello, fat man. Well, who are you, sweetheart? Brenda. Brenda what? Just Brenda's enough. Doesn't anyone ever have a last name anymore? Looking for someone, fat man? Yeah, baby. Bug Eye Louie. What's on your mind? That's my business and Bug Eye's. You'd better be careful. Coppers are poison to Bug Eye. I don't get much of an appetite with his kind either, sweetheart. And I've got a gun that can talk his language. Listen, Fadden. Take a tip from me. Get out of here while they're getting good. You heard a fat man. You better take her advice. Well, Bug-Eye Louie. Good evening. Yeah, what's good about it? Not you. I was hoping I'd meet up with you one day. The feeling was mutual. Don't start anything, honey. Nothing here. You keep quiet. That's not a nice way to talk to a lady. Well, you find out how I talk to a gent. Don't reach for your gun, Bug-Eye. What are you doing here, fat man? What do you want? An explanation. For what? For this. Oh, so it got back to you, huh? I'll say it did. Now, out with it, you murderous weasel. Is it true or isn't it? You'll find out in just a few seconds. It's midnight. <laughs> sure. All right, rat, start marching. You're on your way to headquarters. Says who? Bug Eye, no! Don't you! Brendan! Come out here, quick! What's up, Alex? Come out and look! He's here! What's that? Why, the guy's nuts. It's a lie, Runyon! Bug Eye was lying! It's okay now! Everything's okay! Where is he? Up there! Just come around behind the top of that building! I have all a double crossing. It's a good thing for you, my flat-headed friend, that you did get a double cross. It's a good thing for you the five words on this paper weren't true. What five words? What does that paper say? There ain't no Santa Claus. Yes, that was a night to remember. My blood still runs cold when I think of what might have happened if the old boy hadn't been on time. We all stared up into that sky with a feeling of relief and joy. 
Even bug eyes seemed to soften, and his face took on a funny smile. As I turned and started walking slowly back to my apartment for a good night's rest, I heard his grating, pebbly voice behind me as he called out, Merry Christmas, fat man! And now the next gift we want to put in your radio stocking is something very special. She's a beautiful actress who's also a very fine singer. And just to show you how I feel about her, I'm going over right now and try to date her up. Uh, pardon me, miss. Uh, didn't I meet you at Atlantic City? Dear me, what a very corny approach. <laughs> corny? What do you mean, corny? Before you say a thing like that, Junior, you're supposed to give a wolf whistle. A tweet, a tweet. <laughs> and there she is, guest of the party. She's lovely. She uses bubble gum. And she's not engaged. Nine-year-old Joan Laser. And now, Joan, suppose you tell us about your Christmas gift to our ABC listeners. It's Ken Darby's very special musical setting of the grand old poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas, as only Pops Whiteman can present it. And right now, starring our nomination for Miss America of 1956, Joan Laser. <laughs> Thank you. 
is filling your stocking with stars as you listen to Paul Whiteman's ABC Christmas Party. Now here's Paul Whiteman himself to tell you about the presents still in his Santa Claus pack. That's right, men and women of goodwill. And we hope there's still room in your radio stocking for such stars as Bing Crosby, Henry Morgan, Basil Rathbone, Geraldine Fitzgerald, Don Will, Tom, Don McNeil, Kenny Baker, and Lumen Edner. And right now, it's Eugenie Baird and Paul Whiteman as orchestra and chorus in Jingle Bells. Bright, we're seated by my side. The horses 
Christmas Eve is traditional for good little children, but right now, digging down in the bottom of our pack, we come upon a bad little boy named Henry Morgan. Here at ABC, we've done our best with Henry, but you know how those things are. Just the other day, he offered to give his listeners radio vice presidents, the thin ones for bookmarks, and the fat ones for doorstops. So as you can see, there's nothing to say about Henry except that, uh... Good evening, anybody. Here's Morgan. Christmas Eve seems like a pretty good time to look back for a moment and see what it was that brought me and the Eversharp Schick Company together. I want to wish you and them the best of everything tonight, but somehow I'll never forget the day I finally got in to see the vice president of the company. Who was very anxious to sponsor this program that he'd heard about. He had this big, impressive office, see, with a lot of books and pictures. And when I came in, he said... How do you do? Uh, uh, what's your name? Uh, look, um, what kind of program is this here program of yours like anyways, huh? Well, it's... i tell uh... you what we need here. You see, now, um, what we need here is a good bloody detective show. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Uh, perhaps you mean uh, something like this? Now you got me back in this corner, Mushhead Maloney, with a door locked and no windows and a hundred feet off the ground and soundproof walls and you got a gun and I ain't and we're 12 miles from town and I'm bleeding to death. Well, what will happen now? Will Sam Shovel be able to get out of this? Will a mysterious stranger return? And what of little Murgatroyd? Who is Sylvia? 
How deep is the ocean? What time is it? Who won the fourth at Hialeah? Uh, is that uh, sort of what you had in mind? Uh, not exactly, no. You see, what we really need is more of the um, audience participation type show, you know what I mean? Where, you know, where the people say them funny answers. Oh, uh, maybe you mean something like this. And uh, what's your name, sir? Smith, eh? Well, that's wonderful! <laughs> Simply great! And how long have you been married, Mr. Smith? Oh, I see. Got a divorce yesterday, huh? Ha <laughs> Fine. Give him a little hand, folks. <laughs> and here you are, sir, for being a brilliant guy and a wonderful sport and a great little guy and a brilliant guy. Here's a case of scotch, a new Cadillac, and a postage chair, a deck of marked cards, and all the land west of the Mississippi River. Is, uh, that what you had in mind? Uh, not exactly, no. No, it, um, it needs more of, uh, you know, like a news commentator, maybe. I see. Uh, you mean, uh, something like this? It was predicted in this column last month, mind you, that this month would be December. <laughs> Later, it was reprinted in somebody else's column. This boy thinks he should get the credit, but I said it first, I said it first, I said it first. Ha! I got it first from our next president, J. Edgar Hoover. Is that what you had in mind? Uh, not exactly, no. You, know, you see, it'd be better if uh, you had some dialects in it, you know what I mean? Oh, dialect, uh, uh yes. Uh, you mean uh, something like this? We want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, no. <laughs> Higher, maybe. We want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. No, no. <laughs> Madame Esprit, for you with me, my heart with joy, fool. Uh-uh. Comrade. No, no. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Nope. Hey, Pat, did you hear the one about the two Irishmen? No, can't see that I have. Well, that's us. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yes. Except that it should have an orchestra and some jokes, you know what I mean? Well, to tell you the truth, I'm afraid I don't get it. What is it that you really want? Well, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. the American Broadcasting Company, we're all very proud of the full-hour Sunday evening program known as the Theater Guild of the Air. We hope we're not being immodest, because a great many of you listeners have backed up our belief 
that it's the most distinguished dramatic program in all radio. This party wouldn't be complete without a visit from United States Steel's program, the Theater Guild on the Air. So we are proud to present Basil Rathbone and Geraldine Fitzgerald in an adaptation of Stephen Vincent Benet's little miracle play, A Child is Born. There is a town where men and women live their lives as people do in troubled times. Times when the world is shaken. There is an inn. A woman sings there in the early morning. In Bethlehem of Judea There shall be born a child A child born of woman As yet undefiled King Herod, King Herod Now what will you say Of the child in the stable This cold winter day I hear the wind blowing Singing again? I told you not to sing. I'm sorry. I forgot. Forgot. That's fine. That's wonderful. That answers everything. The times are hard enough and bad enough for anyone who tries to keep an inn, get enough bread to stick in his own mouth, and keep things going somehow in his town. The country's occupied. We have no country. Heard of that, perhaps. You've seen their soldiers, haven't you? You know just what can happen to our sort of people once there's a little trouble? Answer me. I'm sorry. I forgot. Sorry. Forgot. You're always saying that. Is your business what King Herod does? Is your place to sing against King Herod? I think that he must be a wicked man. A very wicked man. Oh, la, la, la. Sometimes I think your ways will drive me mad. Are you a statesman or a general? Do you pretend to know the ins and outs of politics and why the great folk do the things they do and why we have to bear them? Because it's we, we, we who have to bear them, first and last and always. In every country and every time. They grind us like dry wheat between the stones. Don't you know that? I know that somehow kings should not be wicked and grind down the people. I know that kings like Herod should not be. Still, there he is. He's king. Now, will it help if I go out and write on someone's wall? Down with King Herod? What's it worth? The cross to me, the whipping post for you, the inns burned down, the village fined for treason just because one man didn't like King Herod. Uh, well, that's the way things are. Something must come. Oh, believe it if you choose. But meanwhile, if we are clever, we can live and even thrive a little. Clever wheat that slips between the grinding stones and grown in little green blades sprinkles on the ground. At least if you'll not sing subversive songs to other people but your poor old husband. Uh, come, wife, I've got some news. The prefect comes to dinner here tonight with all his officers. Oh, yes, I know the enemy, of course, the enemy, but someone has to feed them.
Why do you sit there, staring at the fire, so silent and so waiting and so still? I do not know. I'm waiting. Waiting? For what? I do not know. For something new and strange. Something I've dreamt about in some deep sleep, truer than any waking. Heard about. Long ago, so long ago. In sunshine and the summer grass of childhood when the sky seems so near. I do not know its shape, its will, its purpose. And yet all day its will has been upon me. More real than any voice I ever heard. More real than yours or mine. Or our dead child's. More real than all the voices there upstairs brawling above their cups. More real than light. And there is light in it. And fire and peace. Newness of heart and strangeness like a sword. And all my body trembles under it. And yet, I do not know. You're tired, my dear. Well... We shall sleep soon. No, I am not tired. I am expectant. As a runner is before a race, a child before a feast day. Expectant. For us all, for all of us who live and suffer on this little earth. With such small brotherhood. Something begins. Something is full of change and sparkling stars. Something is loose. That changes all the world. And yet, I cannot read it yet. I wait and strive and cannot find it. Hark. What's that? They can't come in. I don't care who they are. We have no room. Go to the door. Well... Is this the inn? Sir, we are travelers, and it is late and cold. May we enter? Who is it? Just a pair of country people, a woman and a man. I'm sorry for them, but... My wife and I are weary. May we come in? I'm sorry, my good man. We have no room tonight. The prefect's orders. No room at all? Now, now, it's not my fault. Wait. Good, sir. The enemy are in our house, and we... I did not see your wife. I did not know. Her name is Mary. She is near her time. Yes, yes. Go. Get a lantern. Quickly. What? Quickly. There is... We have a stable at the inn, safe from the cold at least. And if you choose, you shall be very welcome. It's poor... But the poor share the poor their crumbs of bread out of God's hand so gladly. And that may count for something. Will you share it? Gladly. And with great joy. The lantern, husband. Nay, I will take it. I can see the path. 
come. The night deepens. The stars march in the sky. The prefect's men are gone. The inn is quiet. But in the street outside, the shepherds from the hills, voices raised to the glory of the star, moved humbly past the inn to the stable all living flowed. The shepherds and great kings with strange and memorable beasts and crowns upon their heads. They would not tarry with us. No, not one. And yet... Peace, husband. You know well enough why none would tarry with us. And so do I. I lay a while in sleep and a voice said to me, Gloria, Gloria, Gloria in excelsis Deo. The child is born. The child, the child is born. And yet, I did not rise up and go to him, though I had waited and expected long. For I was jealous that the child should die and her child live. And so, I have my judgment, and it is just. If there was any fault, wife, it was mine. I did not wish to turn them from my door, and yet... I know I love the chink of money, love it too well, the good, sound, thumping coin, love it. Oh, God, since I'm speaking truth, better than a wife or... Fire or chick or child, better than country, better than good fame, would sell my people for it in the street. Oh, for a price, but sell them. And there are many like me, and God pity us. God pity us, indeed. For we are human and do not always see the vision when it comes, the shining change. Or if we see it, do not follow it, because it is too hard, too strange, too new. Too unbelievable, too difficult, warring too much with common, easy ways. And now I know this, standing in this light. Life is not lost by dying. Life is lost minute by minute, day by dragging day, in all the thousand small, uncaring ways, the smooth, appeasing compromises of time, which are King Herod and King Herod's men always and always. You who love money... You who love yourself. You who love bitterness. And I, who loved and lost and thought I could not love again. And all the people of this little town, rise up. The loves we had were not enough. Something is loose to change the shaken world. And with it, we must change. Now that's well said. Who speaks there? Who are you? Who? Oh, my name is Dismas. I'm a thief. You know, the starved, flea-bitten sort of boy who haunts dark alleyways in any town, sleeps on a fruit sack, runs from the police, begs what he can, and borrows what he must. That's me. 
What have you taken? Nothing. I tried the stable first, and then your cellar. Slipped in, crept up, rolled underneath the bench, while all your honest backs were turned. And then... And then? Well, something happened. I don't know what. I didn't see your shepherds or your kings. But in the stable, I did see the child. Just through a crack in the boards. One moment's space. That's all that I can tell you. Is he for me as well? Is he for me? For you as well. Has he come to all of us or just to you? To every man alive. If it were true, if he had really come to all of us, I say to all of us, then honest man or thief, I'd hang upon a cross for him. Would you? I see that I've said something you don't like. Something uncouth and bold and terrifying. And yet I'll tell you this. It won't be till each one of us is willing, not you, not me, but every one of us, to hang upon a cross for every man who suffers, starves, and dies. Fight his sore battles as they were our own and help him from the darkness and the mire that there will be no crosses and no tyrants, no Herods and no slaves. Well, it was pleasant thinking things might be so. And so I'll say farewell. I've taken nothing. And he was a fair child to look on. Wait. Why? What is it you see there by the window? The dawn. The common day. The ordinary pool day. The shepherds and the kings have gone away. The great angelic visitors are gone. He's alone. He must not be alone. I do not understand you, wife. Nor I. Do you not see? Because I see at last. Dismas, the thief, is right. He comes to all of us or comes to none. Do you not see he must not be alone? I think that I begin to see. And yet... We are the earth his word must sow like wheat. And if it finds no earth, it cannot grow. We are his earth. The mortal and the dying, led by no star. The sullen and the slut. The thief, the selfish man, the barren woman. Who have betrayed him once and will betray him. Forget his word. Be great a moment's space under the strokes of chance. And then sink back into our small affairs. And yet, unless we go... His message fails. Will he bring peace? Will he bring brotherhood? He will bring peace. He would bring brotherhood. And yet, he will be mocked at in the street. Will he slay King Herod and rule us all? He will not slay King Herod. He will die. There will be other Herods, other tyrants, great wars and ceaseless struggles to be free, not always won. Uh... These are sad tidings of him. No, no. They're glad tidings of great joy because he brings man's freedom in his hands. And though he die, his words shall grow like wheat. And every time a child is born in pain and love and freedom hardly won, born and gone forth to help and aid mankind, there will be women with a right to say, Gloria, Gloria in excelsis Deo, a child is born. Come, let us go. What can we bring to him? 
What mortal gift? My pocket's empty and my rags are bare. But I can sing to him. That's what I'll do. And if he needs a thief to die for him... I will give all my gold. I will give my heart. And I? My faith. Through all the years and years. Though I forget. Though I am led astray. Though after this I never see his face. I will give all my faith. Come. Let us go. We. The poorer. But we the faithfuler. Not yet the joyful, not yet the triumphant, but faithful, faithful through the mortal years. Come. Come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Come ye, all come ye. on a fitting theme to Basil Rathbone and Geraldine Fitzgerald our blessings and our thanks but right now a lot of fine people out in Hollywood are waiting to share in our Christmas Eve fun how about it Hollywood come in Don Wilson that was really wonderful Pops now you and the Whiteman Band and all your New York guests can squat around the ABC Christmas tree while out here in Hollywood we take over our portion of the party and we have a lot of your favorite old friends here with us for this occasion. Bing Crosby, Lumen Abner, Tom Brenneman, and Don McNeil. And our first ABC guest, that grand singer and exciting new comedian, Kenny Baker. everybody, but Don, I'm afraid I haven't too much time to spend with you this evening. You see, I've got to get back to Glamour Manor and get ready for my own Christmas party. Well, that's all right, Kenny. We were sort of expecting a song, but if you're in a hurry, I'll sing. Yeah. Oh, Don, you're kidding. Oh, no, I'm not. I started in radio as a singer. Yeah, and all that's left now is the body of Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Well, I'm serious, Kenny. I started in Denver in 1923 as a singer. Oh, you did? And in some places, I'm considered even bigger than Crosby. Yeah. In some places, you are bigger than Crosby. <laughs> in fact, Don, you've got places where places aren't even supposed to be. Oh, you think I'm fat? Well, what are those things around your middle? Tires? Well, they're not fat. Then what are they? Tires. Yeah. <laughs> No wonder you have the only belt buckle in Los Angeles that lights up and flashes Goodrich Silvertown. <laughs> well, Kenny, since you can't stay and I have to go to the hotel and get some fresh clothes, 
How about all of us dropping over to Glamour Manor a little later on, huh? Oh, Don, that'd be wonderful. And bring the whole ABC network with you, will you? Gee, well, radio uh, wonderful folks. That's a date, Kenny. All right. How are the Christmas preparations uh, going on over at our little hotel? Well, fine, Don, except for one thing. I can't get used to Christmas in Hollywood. You know, no snap in the air, no snow. What do you mean? It's good and cold in California. It says here in this Florida paper. Yeah. Well, it, it could be cold. I, I don't really know because a fan of Glamour Manor sent me a handmade quilt from my bed all the way from South Carolina. Oh, one of those southern comforts. Oh, an excellent Christmas. <laughs> well, I see what you mean, but as long as I know that you're going to sing White Christmas, let's pause long enough for station identification. All right, Don. And now, Kenny Baker, accompanied by Harry Lubin's orchestra. The nationwide party is all yours.
a breath of Christmas to all of us. And we'll be seeing you just a little later when we drop in on you at Glamour Man. Well, so long, Don, and don't forget, that's a date. Okay. Well, what comes next is, I guess, something just a little new, even on a transcontinental radio program like this Christmas party. Because Tom Brenneman in Hollywood and Don McNeil in Chicago both have to be up with Santa Claus reindeer in the morning to do their own two shows, and they're not with us this evening in the studio. But instead, we've run special lines into the living room of Tom Brenneman's house out here and to Don McNeil's family, gathering two-thirds of the way across the country. Not only so they can talk to each other and to you, but so they can both be with their families this Christmas Eve. So now that I've explained it, there's nothing left to do but just have our engineer throw the switch, which takes us to Tom Brenneman's home at Encino, California. Thank you, Don. Thanks, Don. Yeah, well, as Don just told you, there's someone else to make this a joint party. <laughs> So I'll say hello to Don McNeil in the living room of his joint in Winnetka, Illinois. Hello, Tom Brenneman. Merry Christmas from the Don McNeil family gathered here at home in our living room. But, you know, Tom, calling yeah. this dump, uh, uh, this home, uh, I've worked so hard for a joint. That wasn't the kindest introduction I've ever had. Oh, Don, wait a minute. Don't take it that way, Don. After huh? all, it was only a joke in the spirit of the Christmas party. Yeah, what a joke. I guess if that joke showed up as a guest on your program, you'd have to give it two orchids, huh? Merry Christmas, Tom. Oh, thanks. Thank you very much, Don. But at least on my program, we don't have to march the audience around. Wake again. Again, that is. Merry Christmas, Don. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> well, I just bet you're a scream there tonight in your own home wearing funny-looking hats to make your family roar. <laughs> I can just see you. I don't have to wear anything. You said what? I don't have to wear anything. Oh, isn't it a little chilly that way in Chicago now? Yes, it is, Tom. Mm -hmm. Next month we pay the gas bill. You don't sound so hot yourself. Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you, Don. Thank you very much, Edith. And what do you mean, not so hot? Huh? I'm a movie star. My picture, Breakfast in Hollywood, was so big a success, the studio wants me to do another picture. Well, you go right ahead. Don't you mind what everybody says about your last picture. I liked it. Mm -hmm. What's this one going to be, Lassie Move Over? Oh, no. You know, Seth, Don, yeah. you must show me the room where you age your old jokes. <laughs> well, seriously, Tom, you know, it's too doggone bad we don't have a chance to really visit in each other's homes, but this is the next best thing. Swell talking to you. Neighbors, may this Christmas be the best one ever, and may the new year bring you all the things you want most for yourselves. Well, th thank you very much, Don. You know, it was great chinning with you on this Christmas Eve. And before you go, I've got a, a few in my family that I'd like to talk to a few in your family, huh? Oh, great. Put them on, Tom. Well, the first, I want you to meet my w wife. You've met, already met Billy. Uh -huh. And where's Kay? Hello, Billy. Hello, Kay. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, oh, I'm just fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how do you like that? We don't get a chance, do we? Well, no, we don't. It seems wonderful to hear your lovely laugh again. Well, thank you. It's very nice talking to you, too. Well, thank you, Billy. That'll be all. Goodbye, Mary. Merry Christmas Merry to Christmas. you, Merry and to Don, and the children. Merry Christmas to you also, all of you. Thank Are you, you. Aren't you the boss in your house? Make your wife keep still, Tom. Oh, he's not the boss. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> no. Say, Don. Yeah. How's the weather back there? 
Oh, it's fine, nice and brisk and cold. How's it out there, Tom? Oh, it's lovely. It's now about, uh, well, it's almost five minutes after eight, and it's raining cats and dogs. No fooling. Yes. Only we don't have dogs. <laughs> Don. Yeah. Here's the, the member of my family you have met, my charming daughter, Gloria. How do you do, Miss... How do you do, Mr. McNeil? How do you do, Mr. McNeil? Yes, you can call me Mr. McNeil. That's all right. How are you, how are you Gloria? Well, I'm just fine. Good. I'd like you to meet uh, some of the younger Come members. Come on, this American Broadcasting Company Christmas party. Of my so, family. Uh, Tom. Ladies and gentlemen, they're great. Really Hi, great Gloria. Family. I'm Tom McNeil. If we let them, they go right on talking until New Year's Eve. So, say that we fade them out as they go on doing what comes naturally. And we return to the ABC studios here in Hollywood. Setting the pace for the topical, tuneful, and timely boy trumpet.
Baker at Glamour Manor, the heartbreaking, half-baked hostelry he operates on the outskirts of Hollywood. Outskirts of Hollywood? <laughs> Sorry, that must be a typographical error. In Hollywood, it's got to be out slacks. Well, <laughs> well, with a little help from Harry Lubin in the orchestra, we're on our way now to Kenny Baker and Glamour Manor. Glamour Manor, 32 rooms and two baths. Kenny Baker, owner-manager speaking. Over. <laughs> What's that? I'm sorry, I didn't quite get your name. Who? I met you in a hospital? Oh, oh, hello, Mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure, you bet. Well, I wouldn't miss it. I'll be home with you tomorrow for Christmas dinner, yeah. Goodbye, dear. Well, Kenny, here I am to find out what's going on at Glamour Manor on Christmas Eve. Where's Slap and Miss Biddle and Barbara? Well, gosh, Don, they're all out doing their last-minute Christmas shopping. But doesn't the hotel look swell? Ah, uh, yes, it does, Kenny. But, hey, what's that suitcase doing over there in the middle of the lobby? Oh, well, the man in 309 asked me to help him pack it, so I saved whom I packed him in it, too. Yeah, but you left one of his arms sticking out. Well, gee, how else would he be able to carry it? <laughs> oh, excuse me, Don. Hello? Grammar mates by month of the week. When it rains in Hollywood, the hotel's up the creek. <laughs> Over the dam. Hello? Hello, room class? And where have you got in the single room? A married couple. Now, that's no way to talk to a prospective guest, Kenny. Well, Don, the hotel's full up anyhow. I mean, I guess everyone's heard about our Christmas party and that each guest gets a free gift. Oh, really? Yeah. You're giving every guest a Christmas present, huh? Yeah, I certainly am. Would you like a book? Oh, I'd like that a lot. Well, swell. How about Little Women? I'd like that even better. <laughs> what are you giving Miss Biddle? Well, Don, I'm, I'm giving Miss Biddle a beautiful fur. You giving Miss Biddle a beautiful fur? Sure. On whose money? Mine. Why, do you think I'm cheap? Well, all I know is that Barbara told me you invited her out last week. Dutch treat. Yeah. Well, what's wrong with going Dutch? Well, do you have to show up wearing wooden shoes? Oh, no. Just what kind of a fur are you getting, Miss Biddle, Kenny? Well, I don't know yet, Don. I was busy when I saw Miss Biddle go out, so I gave the boy next door the money, and he went out and bought it and put it up in her room as a surprise. This I have to see, and I have to go upstairs to my apartment, so I'll just slip into her room and look for myself. Well, go ahead, Don, and tell me what you think of the fur. You know, I'm awfully anxious to find out. Okay, Kenny, I'll be back in two shakes of a cat's tail. Yeah, okay. Baker, Mr. Baker, I have a bone to pick with you. Yes, you haven't put on a pound, have you, Mrs. Bindlestiff? <laughs> Last week, I gave you a package to mail to my niece, marked Fragile China. She just phoned me that it never arrived. Well, of course not. She won't get that package for at least a month. At least a month? Why not? Madam, have you any idea how far it is to Fragile China? <laughs> oh, Mr. Baker, you're a nincompoop. A complete nincompoop. <laughs> Gee, I thought I had some parts missing. <laughs> hey, Kenny, 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 something terrible's happened. Well, what's the matter, Don? You look as pale as a sheet. Double bed size, of course. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not kidding, Kenny. I just went up to Miss Biddle's room and 
There are no furs there. No furs. There's fur nothing in her room but a little Christmas tree. Oh, my goodness. This is awful, Don. Why, we've been robbed. Well, that's what I think. We ought to call the police. Now, wait a minute. I should say not. I know how to solve crimes. What do you think I do nights when I can't sleep? Read detective stories? No, drink Ovaltine. Now, come on, Wilson. We're going up and solve that crime. Well, now, you just better get a hold of yourself, Kenny. You're, you're kind of panicky, and you're, you're shaking more than the last man on a conga line. Why, what are you talking about? There's never been a quitter in the Baker family. No, sir. My father used to tell me, Son, the Bakers don't know what it means to quit. Son, the Bakers don't know the meaning of failure. Son, the Bakers don't know what it means to be afraid. I guess we were pretty a stupid family, weren't we? But I'm going to solve this crime or my name isn't Roger Strongheart. But your name isn't Roger Strongheart. I know. I'm just leaving myself a loophole. Now, come on, Don. we got to go up to Miss Biddle's room. Well, come on, Kenny. Open Miss Biddle's door. Well, first tell me one thing. Is there anybody in her room by the name of Ruth? Ruth? Of course not. Uh-huh. Just as I thought. Another ruthless crime. Oh, Kenny. Kenny, that's plain stupid. Oh, yeah? Well, I may see dumb to you, Don Wilson, but when somebody tries to outsmart me, they can do it every time. Oh, Kenny. Now, come on, I'll open the door. Okay. See? Nothing in here but a little Christmas tree. Oh, Don, you're right. And I know the boy put the fur up here because I asked him about it. Yeah, but that isn't finding anything. Now, let's be scientific. Wh who would steal a fur? A woman. Right. Therefore, I think there must be a woman hidden in the closet, and I'm going in after her. Oh, Don, if you're right, you better let me go with you. Nonsense. I'll go in after that woman alone. And if I whistle like this... She's dangerous. Yeah. And if I whistle like this... Stay out. I'll handle her myself. <laughs> Now, wait a minute, Don. Oh, look, here comes the boy from next door. Hello, Mr. Baker. I'm glad you're up here. Now, look here, young man. What did you do with the fur I told you to buy for Miss Biddle? Well, gee, Mr. Baker, it's right there on the table. On the table? There's nothing on that table but a little Christmas tree. Now, what did you do with all that money I gave you to buy a fur? All that money? Oh, jeepers, that tree ain't a pint of a hemlock. I got the best-looking fur Christmas tree I could get for your 97 cents. <laughs> for making my personal hotel that entertaining. I'll be seeing you every morning five times a week. And now, for another little visit away from ABC's Hollywood Studios and a trip to Pine Ridge, Arkansas, this Christmas Eve to visit our delightful old friends, Lum and Abner. down for a minute. Uh, I want you to listen while I run through this poem I'm going to recite at the youngin's Christmas party tonight. You going to recite a poem? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me, I love to hear a peace folk. I love it. They wanted somebody with a good speaking voice and lots of personality. Natural. But you'll do just as well, Lom. <laughs> what uh, poem are you going to recite? It's a Christmas poem. 
Well, sir, now you chose a good topics for this time of year. You sure did. Uh, I, I thought it sort of fit in good. Yes, yes. But you, you stand there and listen. Bill, go ahead. I just love Christmas. Happy Yuletide. Just love it. Twas the night before Christmas. Uh, uh, and, uh, 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 uh what, what was it, Long? I said, twas the night before Christmas. Oh, I enjoy Christmas, my favorite holiday. Well, go ahead, Long. Start your poem. I'm dying to hear it. Well, keep still now. Yeah, go ahead. Twas the night before Christmas. Oh, that's sweet. I just love it. And all through the house. All not through a whose house? Just any house. And all through the house, not a creature was... Oh, it's a vacant st- house, huh? Oh, there's a family living in it. Got some youngins. The Bates' place? Not necessary. Well, they got youngins, little Doody and Doocy. All right. Make it, make it the Bates' then. Yeah. <laughs> Can't understand why it's so quiet around there, though. There's a noise as two little brats I ever know. Well, go ahead, Long. Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house... Uh, 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 uh. What's the matter now? All through the Bates' house. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the Bates' house, yeah. not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. He might be this... caught in a trap. Keep it. <laughs> a mouse. Their stockings. The was... mouse is stocking? No, silly. Well, I was going to say, no wonder they couldn't hear the mice if they run around their stocking feet. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead. Their stockings was hung by the chimney with care. Oh, that's. In the hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Who in the world is Nick Lassoon? <laughs> Who? That Nick Lassoon, you said you hoped he'd be there. I said, in the hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Yeah. That's Santa Claus. Oh, I see, yeah. The children That's were... the first time I ever heard him call Nick Lassoon. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's your poem. You go ahead. Do it the way you want I'm to. I'm trying to. Yeah. The children were nestled all snug in their beds. That, that's duty and dulcy. Yeah, bless their hearts. While visions of sugar plums danced through their heads. Bless their little visions. <laughs> well, no wonder they're quiet. Them young'uns are sick. Stop interrupting, would you? Let's see, where was I at? Damn poor little varmint. Oh, yeah. Dance. And Mama in her kerchief. Miss Bates dancing at that time of the night. And I in my cap. You was you over there dancing with Miss Bates? Well, Long, you are to taking your cap off. It ain't polite to dance with your cap off. I weren't over there dancing with Miss Bates. Who was it? I don't know. Hell, I bound you. I can guess pretty close to who it was. Who? That Nick Lassoon. <laughs> Well, you just hash up and listen. It's mixed up. I forget where I was at in the poem. Nick and Miss Bates was dancing. Yeah. Or no. They're going to wake up the kids, too, if they ain't <laughs> And Mama in her kerchief. And in her what? Kerchief. Kerchief. Kazunkai. And I in my cap. Yeah, you better keep your cap on long, long as you're catching cold, sneezing out of it. Go ahead. Went out on the lawn, there arose such a clatter. <laughs> Old man Bates coming home. Just listen to the poem and you'll find out what it was. Go ahead. I'd love to find out what that racket is. I still think old man Bates is mixed up in it somewhere. I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Douglas, could you hear it clean over to your place? Admiral, will you keep quiet? That's more likely how you caught that cold arm running around your nightshirt. (laughs) Go ahead. 
did. Away to the window I flew like a flash. Good for you. Tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. Just barely made it, huh? of the new fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. Mom, don't change your subject. What was that racket going on out there in the yard? I'm coming to it. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. Eight tiny... Law matters, do you actually claim you've seen a herd of midget reindeers run around the Bates' yard? I told you to keep quiet. More rapid than eagles. Nice hit. rabbits and eagles. <laughs> He whistled and shouted and called him by name. Mom, you better lay down. That cold's give you a fever. Get away from me, Abner. Now, Dasher, now, Dancer, now, Francis. Mom, calm down now, Long. On, Comet, on, Cupid, on, Donder, and Blitzen. Hey, Long, watch your language, watch your language. Howdy, 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 howdy. Merry Christmas. Oh, well, howdy, Grandpap. Doggies, I'm glad you're here. Hey, it's time to go on over to the Christmas party. You fellas ready? Aye, uh, grannies, I am. I'm getting out of here right now. Hey, wait a minute, Lom. Come back Good here now. Hey, Lom. Oh, me, Grandpap, this is the worst one Christmas I ever seen. Why? What, what's the trouble? Well, ain't you here? No. Well, Lom's got to go over and recite a poem when he's so sick he's got the hallucinations. The little Bates is younger and laid up with the visions. And their mama's down there with the Mr. Lassoon. Old man Bates is out in the yard raising a rucus. You can hear all over town. You better go on over the party, Grandpap, by yourself. Well, ain't you coming? No, I, I think I better stay here and wait for the call. What call? Why, the one from the corner. If old man Bates ever catches them two in there dancing and carry on, that Nick Lassoon's a dead goose. <laughs> It's certainly a different kind of Christmas down bar in Old Pine Ridge, but it sure is entertaining. <laughs> but uh, here in Hollywood, we have our own idea of Christmas entertainment, and I think it's not just our idea. It's the idea of everyone in the entire country. Bing Crosby! Thank you, Don. There's a simple story filled with promise of what happened on December 24th, which was written almost 2,000 years ago. This being another Christmas Eve, I'd like to read again the story of the Nativity from the book of Luke, chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all would be... And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city... And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields and keeping watch over the fields by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and 
The glory of the Lord shone around them. They were not afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. He shall bind the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. All little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Merry Christmas, everybody. Good night. Bing, that was great. Thanks, thanks so much. And so, with the final Christmas greeting from all of us here in Hollywood, we now go back to Paul Whiteman in New York. This is Paul Whiteman back in New York with a very warm feeling about the heart and a large lump in the throat. I want to extend my sincere thanks to all who have helped to make ABC's big Christmas party a big success. Most particularly, I want to send a message of good hope and cheer to all our servicemen and women who are still in the hospitals, the brave men who have offered the greatest gift of all as they fought for the one who was born this day, the Prince of Peace. To them and to each of you everywhere, heaven's best blessings be upon you. And now to all, a happy Christmas. And to all, a good night. Paul Whiteman's ABC Christmas Party was broadcast to all our servicemen and women everywhere through worldwide shortwave facilities. The Hollywood portion of the program was directed by Larry Robertson and Paul Franklin. The New York program was produced and directed by Charles Harrell, with special music by Bernard Green. Good night. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.